you know, to consume a podcast and produce a podcast is still not the two easiest things you can do. And those are those are barriers we've been breaking down since we started. Podcast Junkies, episode number 26. Like I mentioned in 24 and forgot to mention in 25, we are now sponsored by ProdConf. It is PRDCNF.com. That stands for Productivity Conference, and it's something I'm really excited about putting together in 2015 and expect to hear more in the coming months about it. But uh, sign up now. There's a launch page there. And it's being billed as the most productive conference in the world. So if that's your thing, um, then I, I encourage you to head on over there, sign up. And I'm expecting to have a, a launch page, uh, an actual website page up in the coming weeks as well. So this week's sponsor, broadconf.com. Get on over there and uh, make yourself productive and sign up. So this week, we talked to Ray Ortega. He's the podcast helper, helper, or on Twitter at podcast helper, and he's someone I've been dying to get on the show for a while. Um, longtime listeners will know that I've had Daniel J. Lewis and Dave Jackson and Elsie Escobar, folks that I really admire, who've been doing this for a long time. And Ray is no exception. He's just as passionate about podcasting as I am, and I'm always fascinated to hear some of the older stories about how folks got started. Interestingly enough, he was a produce clerk, and that led to his first podcast, which was about produce. So needless, needless to say, the uh, technology bug in him um, sort of kicked in, and, and he moved on to what is now his uh, more well-known podcasts, which is the, the, the podcast, uh, Podcaster Studio and Podcaster's Roundtable. Interestingly enough, I was actually invited to appear on Podcaster's Roundtable after we recorded this episode. So if you listen in to episode 37 of Podcaster's Roundtable, you'll hear me as a, as a new guest to the, to the Roundtable. So that was a, a really awesome week. I got to interview Ray and I got to appear on Podcaster's Roundtable, which had always been a, a dream of mine as a podcaster. So... Ray is an avid Giants fan, so you'll hear some mentions about that at the beginning of the show. And it, this was uh, recorded during the World Series, which is why he was on the edge of his seat, <laughs> hoping his uh, Giants pulled it out. And uh, he's, I'm sure, happy uh, to say that they actually did. So congratulations to uh, the Giants and to Ray. Um, the other thing that happened is about 50 minutes in, Ray was flagging me down because we were on Skype and he was getting a delivery in of a package. So you'll hear some sort of a cut, which hopefully won't be too uh, uh, too obvious. But uh, he was uh, uh, expecting a package that he had been putting together about some video production he's got going on. So n naturally, I was curious about what was in the bag. And we geek out a little bit um, um, with all the gear that uh, was actually in there and that he put together specifically for traveling, which was uh, fun as well. So we also take um, take a deep dive into his uh, interviews and how he takes pride in in, in really really <laughs> getting into the heart of a subject um, when it's something he's passionate about. Uh, passionate about. So if, if you've listened to his show, you know he did a deep dive on Alphonic. He also did a deep dive um, on equalizing 
um, audio, vocal uh, audio, um, just for vocals and uh, making it sound as great as possible. And that's a two-parter as well. But you can just um, hear the enthusiasm in his voice. And that's something he's really proud of. And I think he's going to be doing more of that, which is, is really something to geek out on if you're into the uh, technical aspects of podcasting, which I am. So we also we also touch upon the, the the money coming into podcasting and how that's affecting the medium as well. So overall, a, a ton of uh, interesting stuff that I just was fascinated to ask him about. And uh, between the two back to back days of, of having conversations with him, I'm, I'm really happy to get to know him a little bit more. Um, as I believe you will uh, uh, after the end of this conversation. So enjoy. Thanks for coming on podcast, Junkies. My pleasure, Harry. Ray Ortega, otherwise known as the, the podcast helper. Founder. Yeah, I, sh- I should get at the podcast helper because everyone does say the podcast helper. It's just at podcast helper. But um, I guess if you typed in one, you'd probably find the other. Yeah, I think I typed in uh, Ray Ortega podcast and it shows up. Awesome. Yeah, I do. I do own Google for Ray Ortega, which is nice. There's a lot of Ray Ortegas, but I guess I'm, most of them aren't active online the way I am. Is there a Latino background in that name? Uh, technically, <laughs> yes. The name is very Latino, but uh, you know, I I tease people all the time. If you if you go to a family reunion, you'll wonder where the Ortegas are. But uh, yeah, you know, all the Mexican male men, and you know, for the last you know four or five generations, married you know Western European Dutch Irish Welsh women, and you know what you get is me, right? Just a kid from California That's who funny. doesn't who doesn't speak Spanish, which I. Really wish I could. Trust me, I've tried. Yes. Well, yeah. My, my uh, background is Spanish too, so I, I always thought of that because every time I ran across your name, I, I just uh, thought, is, is, he, "Is he Latino?" I never see him drop any Spanish words on his podcast. I, so. I don't because <laughs> it would be embarrassing to to Spanish people everywhere and and Latinos everywhere and, and myself included. There are people that say I've been on interviews where people pronounce my last name better than I pronounce it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. I just wanted to get that out of the way. So podcasting since two thousand seven. Started out as a produce podcast. Yeah, first podcast was a video show called Produce Picker Podcast. And uh, you know, when you're starting a podcast, uh, one of the questions you should ask yourself is, uh, or at least back in the day, uh, I used to ask myself, what what can I podcast about? Right. A lot of people ask themselves this question, and uh, it really should be what you're extremely passionate about. And I won't say I was extremely passionate about produce, but I was passionate about learning how to podcast. And that show was my vehicle to learn how to become a podcaster. Back in 2006, 2007, not a lot of info there out there to yeah. create a podcast, especially a video podcast. And uh, so I just needed a subject, right? Because we are oftentimes a one-man band and you got to figure out, you know, I've got to put myself behind the microphone or in front of the camera. What can I talk about? And all through high school and college, I worked in grocery stores and produce departments and I had all this all these tips right every day I could I help people pick out watermelons and avocados and all this stuff I couldn't cook any of it but I could sure as heck pick it out so that was my vehicle I would do 5 minute basically 5 minute video tutorials about how to choose perfect fresh fruits and vegetables and in the process I would learn podcasting so so who was inspiring you at the time was it Leo Laporte probably around he was big no, then right? I wouldn't say it was like Anyone, I'm not sure when I listened to Leo Laporte. Like, I wasn't into the podcasts, sort of the the techie stuff. Sure, I I listened to tech podcast. In fact, it was Geek Brief or Geek Beat, whichever one it was back then. That was 
a video show I watched all the time. It stemmed out of the fact that I found podcasts on iTunes after we had all sort of been booted out of Napster. And, uh, and I, was, I was just amazed when I discovered it that this was possible, that you could actually pick up a microphone or a video camera and just publish to the world. So I was watching and listening to podcasts from everything from like ultralight backpacking, mm-hmm. something I've never done. It just was fascinating because they were like oftentimes they'd go up to like the Appalachian Trail or the Pacific Crest Trail and they'd podcast along the way. I mean, to one where they climbed like um, Everest, he used to have a video show, yeah. Deep Brief, all these shows. Like I really just consumed anything that was out there. Uh, you know, once you find podcasts, you tend to just go and like go on this binge of, oh my gosh. That's true. <laughs> and you know what was cool about iTunes back in the day, and it still exists now, but we don't spend most of a lot of people don't even, they're not in iTunes searching, although it's still the number one place to get podcasts. Uh, you know, and you select one podcast underneath it, if you're in the actual application on your desktop, it says people who watch this one also like this one. Yeah. And so that just led me down this like path of subscribe. Oh, subscribe to that, subscribe to that. And I've never seen anyone do it better than that. So um, that's what happened. Yeah. So it's interesting because uh, I've always seen podcasts as a way to deep dive on things I've like I'd like to learn about. In the past, it used to be uh, audiobooks, and I was I was reading, doing audiobooks for a while. But now it's almost like you can. Uh, I think Elsie uh, described it as actually going to a specific episode when you want to learn about a specific topic, which I think is what's fascinating. Now. Yeah, you know I, what it's fascinating, and she may have mentioned it. She may have mentioned something about this, you know. And I think I heard it somewhere that you know I don't know why Google's not prioritizing subjects, you know, podcast subjects in search results, right? I mean, we all write, most of us write show notes. And if you do good show notes, you can tell somebody, here's the topic and here's what's inside it. So Google, you would think, would really be happy to say, oh, here is some really hard to make content that takes a deep dive into the subject. Why not start showing, it used to show like a video, right? Like a little video clip from YouTube. Yeah. That ranked, used to rank really well. It may still, but I I don't think as much. But why not with podcasts? Now, we know Google, you know, as Rob Walsh would say, is not a, not a friend of podcasts. But there's no reason why. They are a friend of search. That's all they care about is search, yeah. right, and getting ads in front of people. So I would hope that podcasting will still will become like a really critical element in search because there is so much content. Like, And that would help people find new shows. Uh, it would be so awesome, such a boost, I think, for podcasters because – you would be introduced to podcasts, different podcasts, as a result of doing a simple Google search. Yeah, I think that's a really important topic. And, it, and I know there's schools of thought about whether you should do detailed show notes or shouldn't. And a lot of people feel like, well, no one's using them, no one's reading them, so I don't think we should do it. But I, I think at some point, Google will leverage the the SEO of the text that's in people's show notes. And for the people that do transcriptions, I mean, they just get more more and more powerful. And I, I think even they transcribe some of the YouTube videos that they post on uh, online as well, right? Yeah, Google's been working on, a lot of people have been working on for a long time, you know, sort of being able to hear what's in audio and then make a transcript out of that. Google's done it probably better than anyone else, but it's still pretty wonky. That said, you can usually get the gist of what's in audio through even a Google transcript. So, mm-hmm. yeah, they do it for video. I don't know that it actually – I don't know how much it factors into search rankings right now, but, you know, why not? Why not do something like that for audio? 
Speaking of Google, I, I, what I've noticed with your show um, is that you're you've, you've basically honed in on Google and Google Pages. You know, as your platform of choice, you do the uh, for Go- one show. One show is <laughs> for, po- for podcast po- podcaster yeah. studio, right? Podcaster uh, round, roundtable, sorry, yeah. yeah. And but a lot of your interactions as well are on are with Google. I know that um, you're one of the people that I, I see make a lot of um, use of the the Google link, which is the plus. To, to your profile and your emails and when you're notifying people of the shows, was that a conscious effort to say like, because of the fact that it's got hangouts, I want to leverage every aspect of the Google platform for, for podcasters Roundtable. So, well, okay. Podcasters Roundtable was built around the specific tech that Google came out with, which was hangouts on air. When I knew that they were opening this up, they first said they were going to open up to like celebrities and different singers and stuff like that. And I knew it was coming for everybody. So I said, hey, I've got a show for that platform specific and I'll just try it out. Right. And it's done much better than I than I imagined it would, because really it's just it's me and my friends, which are podcasters geeking out. Right. But everyone seems to love it, which is great because it's the most fun show that I do. And uh, so I've always sort of stayed inside the platform for that show in terms of, you know, that it live streams there. We chat there. I make an event page there um, because they, I think the success of getting so many people into a live stream is hinges upon the fact that uh, I can create an event page that people can RSVP to. And then that RSVP then tells them, Hey, your live event is about to start because the number one thing that happens with live stream, at least for me, I, I sign up to an event and I forget. I forget, yeah. It's over and I see a tweet and I'm like, ah, I wanted to attend that, right? I mean, I'm seeing 50 to 100 people attend these live hangouts on air, sometimes with less than 24 hour notice. If you've podcasted long enough and you've done any kind of live, that's incredible yeah. numbers. I mean, and I'm not even, I'm not even really trying, right? I'm just making an event page, inviting my circles. And there's been a little, a little difficulty with that. Sometimes I can invite everyone, sometimes not. But you know that's the bugs of growing with anything. So there's not a lot of conscious effort in just that. I had a show prepared for this platform they were going to release. It worked out. Um, I don't move things on a website. I like playing in that sandbox for that specific show, partly because it's new tech. So yeah. I like using what they have so I can teach other people how to use it. But other than that, I don't really use Google Plus that much. I'm, there's the podcasters community, which is awesome. So I'm pretty active there. Uh, I'm a moderator there, so I'm pretty active in terms of seeing stuff and commenting and plus one odd stuff. But I spend most of my time you know, interacting, I would say, on Twitter. Yeah. And that's because I enjoy it. It's just it's simply because I enjoy it. It has nothing to do with it works best for my show. There's literally no plan there other than that's how I like to communicate. Well, I think if uh, the people that do Twitter and do it well are able to refine their lists and their you know create additional lists of people they want to follow, um, and really stay in close contact with the people that um, you know they care about or, or they have a topic that they're interested in, and I think those are the people that really see the value. People who complain about Twitter, I think, don't have a strategy for how to use Twitter. I just, I've always said, I don't think they use it right because yeah. there used to be this craze like, everyone, I'll follow you if you follow me. Yeah. It's like, that's great, but you're following people who are posting content that have no relevance to you. So, you know, there are ways around that, creating lists and stuff like that. But, you know, if you're on like mobile, right, you've got one stream. So I want to see stuff that's important 
relevant to me so that I can share that with my audience. Because for me, they want to see stuff about podcasting. I mean, my name is at podcast helper. So, you know, I follow other people. I have, you know, my own personal account for other things, but you know, yeah, you're not going to pay attention if it's a bunch of, if it's a fast moving river of stuff you don't care about. So how have you seen your, your, uh, just to finish up on the, the, the podcasters roundtable, it's about 36 episodes in, I think. Um, how, how have you seen the, the platform itself mature? Because I'm sure you had a lot of stuff you were trying to work out, bugs and, and quirks with the Hangouts itself. Now, 36 episodes in, what are you seeing and how that's maturing? Yeah, it's funny because if you watch any one of those 36 rounds, as I call them, they um, a lot of them have me in the beginning announcing what is new from the previous week, yeah. right? Because they're constantly tweaking on it. And that's what I, I enjoy. They're constantly improving it. I can't point to any one thing. They, they improved um, – like I think they improved the video – I mean the audio quality. And yeah, at one point they went to HD, right? Yeah. It used to be SD, looked terrible because we all had bigger screens than, than SD. And um, you know, technical improvements like that, more stable. I, there was this period where I could invite all my circles and then I couldn't. And you know, things work and things break and, and that's just tech. Um, so, you know, I've been most happy to see them improve the quality, you know, as a, as a podcaster or someone who podcasts about podcasting, I care about the quality of production yeah. and I'm a little anal about that. So I enjoy, um, that and, you know, some like apps, some things you can do, you have a little bit more control over audio and video, even inside the hangout itself. Um, so, you know, all the stuff I point to usually ends up being production stuff, but yeah, yeah, I mean, just, it seems like they're always, it's constantly evolving that platform, which is something, you know, which I enjoy. Yeah. How about the, the, so the format of the show, is that, is that how you envisioned it at the start when you, that it was going to be just you and your friends and you'd pick a topic of the day? Is that what you thought it would be like and what it's evolved to now? Yeah, exactly. I would. I always tell people it's even like more formal than I wanted it to be, and it's not really that formal at all. And the only thing I mean by that is that we have a topic for one round, right, which is about an hour long that we sort of use as a jumping off point. And then I'm cool with it going anywhere. So for me, it also is sort of it's like I said, it's a playground, a sandbox. It's a it's a place to have fun. Like I I hope that we get all kinds of different opinions. I hope that. You know, I hope that it is if you opened up, you know, the door, uh, you know, in a room where there was just a bunch of podcasters who happen to be sitting around talking to each other. I hope that's what it is. And that's pretty much what it is. And like I said, you know, heck, if I had my way, I would probably just flip on the cameras and we would just talk about whatever, because sometimes the best conversations come from that. But I find in podcasting, it does help to have a little structure and it helps for me to plan ahead and all that stuff. So, you know, I think most recently we did one besides the national podcast day one, I did one called iTunes. iTunes, yeah. just iTunes. <laughs> and the, the, the whole intent was, I'm just going to throw out a word and we're going to talk about everything that comes off the top of your head about iTunes. Right. And so it has a, the only rules is it should be about iTunes, but really I don't, I don't care where it goes and it helps me keep the conversation on track. But yeah, it's completely the way I envision it because I just wanted to have like, sitting around a campfire, talking to my friends. I mean, something that I was already doing, like you and I could be on a a Skype call and maybe we got on for one thing, but then like we spent an hour talking about just other stuff. That's what I want, except I want to do it with uh, every podcaster possible, right? What's really cool about it, 
Um, the couple things I didn't expect is you've got it's the connections that are made, you know, outside the show. So people meet other podcasters and they go off and do really cool stuff. Yeah. And so my whole point was that you come and you watch the show and you get opinions from podcasters who have been doing this for maybe a month or maybe six years, 10 years, whatever it is. And you take back the pieces of that that you like, that you agree with, and you apply those to your show, right? And not everyone has a podcast about podcasting. and But however, lots of people have all this incredible experience about producing podcasts. So this is the chance, yeah. hopefully, for me to give podcasters a voice to come on and share, hey, this is what I've learned, right? And uh, because they don't have a show for that. So that's that's the whole point, and it really has kind of – yeah, it's really evolved to be exactly kind of how I envisioned it. What's awesome is that you, you do get the, the variety of opinions. I think sometimes some of the new new folks are a little bit intimidated. I think you're giving Lou Mangiello a hard time <laughs> on the iTunes one because he wasn't talking. He wasn't saying anything. And I know then, Lou. I know <laughs> Lou a little bit. So, And, and if you know me, the, the, the bigger – the better friend you are, yeah. the harder time I'm going to give you. Like, I think that's just... awesome. <laughs> yeah, you want to give people a hard time because uh, – because yeah, it's what you do. Like if the, if there was was no recording being done, like you said, it was you around the table. You'd be you know you guys would be giving each other a hard time. Just be jamming, right? It's just <laughs> it's literally just friends, you know. And when some of those friends might be brand new, but it, it, I want it to be friends and open and go ahead and interrupt, right? It, yeah. I mean, it's literally just it's. I'm trying to make it a roundtable on all aspects, and I I try to. You know, I'm a guide. I, I try not to be so much a host as just sort of like a facilitator yeah. of the conversation. I think that's a good strategy when you just throw out the one word. And uh, you know, maybe you could try something down the line where you throw out a word that doesn't have anything to do with podcasting and gonna, see yeah. and see what it triggers and be like, okay, the you know, the word today is palm trees and like run with it, you know. It's a good idea. I mean, I always talk to, you know, I oftentimes I have Dave and Daniel on as co-host and they I tell them all the time, like, we'll talk on emails, I say, Hey, how about this? It's literally an experiment. Like yeah. I want it to be an experiment. So yeah, ideas like that like slam dunk for me i'm like i'm into it let's do that it's cool and what's i think the key is to have engaging personalities who can run with the conversation and obviously i've, I've interviewed both daniel and, and dave and i you know I just i could talk for hours with them about podcasting because it's something that they're passionate about as as are you and when you have people like that in the room it's contagious and it gets other people motivated to talk about things and just you know it gets the, the creative juices flowing yeah no it's a blast i'm looking forward Wait, have you haven't been on the round table yet? Not yet, not yet. Yeah. So maybe that's our thing, right? <laughs> you could come on and you can be the throw out the word guy. And we could do it for a whole round. Like Harry is going to throw yeah. out a random word and then we're gonna go from random word to random word and, that, and that, we'll see where that takes us. That would be awesome. Yeah, I I can't wait. That's killer. So you've got uh, two other podcasts as well, right? You've got uh, uh technically. <laughs> you started the uh um you started a, a, a brief podcast with snippets of tips now, right? There's one called Podcast Quick Tips, which yeah. has not had anything published to it for a long time. And it was sort of an experiment in the short format. I just wanted to see, hey, would a podcast that's three, five, seven minutes long, how would yeah. that work? And, you know, I thought, so my main show after, so it was Produce Picker Podcast, that went away because my expertise and passions became podcasting, right? So I started the podcasters studio, which is really, if you look at my work, most people know me from that. That's my flagship show. And podcast quick tips is just kind of a spinoff of that show where it's literally learning podcast one tip at a time. That was the goal of that, right? And I, I, I thought, 
in theory, most of the podcast or studio audience would follow right over there, right, and and consume it. But they didn't. It just wasn't as popular. So um, I let it go a little bit. It it's you know it's nice about podcasting. I can fire up that feed at any time. <laughs> yeah. Right? And I and I you know there is there's an argument there. It's like oh well, what about the people who used to listen and stuff? And I try to have conversations. Hopefully they're in the community and we're already talking, so they they get it. But um, yeah, it's there. It, it technically exists, but it, it, I guess you could say it is a bit of it's pod faded a, a bit. Yeah, I, I love that term. Yeah, I love all these terms that you learn when you start doing I podcasting. <laughs> so what I so yeah now focusing on the um, the podcasters uh, studio, um, I'm interested. Was were you always a fan of technology? Because like you said, your interest was was produce and you did the produce podcast. But then there had to be some sort of. Uh, interest in technology or, or learning a new technology when you decide, I mean, you could have done uh, just a, a blog, you know, you know, why a podcast, you could have done something on YouTube, you know, why'd you gravitate towards this medium? Yeah. Well, I mean, like I said, when I discovered podcasting, I, I decided, well, A, I loved it and B, I got to, I have to learn how to do it. Right. So that's what produce picker podcast was. I got to, to do it and learn it. And then as my life shifted, you know, I gradually went out of that industry produce. And again, not my passion. It was just sort of a vehicle. My passion was the tech because I've always been a bit of a geek. I've, I've had computer Commodore 64 when yeah. I was a kid. I had Pong, Atari. You know, I mean, I've always been involved with tech, right? So the Podcaster Studio was my, was my entry into audio podcasting, right? I wanted to do an audio-only show, okay? And so then my expertise at that time, I had been doing podcasting, I launched in 2009, so I'd been doing podcasting for almost three years at that point, and I had something to say. I felt like I had something to teach, to share, and uh, bring those experiences of what I've learned to how to podcast genre, right? And so that is what that podcast came out of. It literally was, this is what I spent all my time doing. So that one was my passion, right, was podcasting and podcast production. So that's how that one came about. And, of course, I made it audio because I was like, all right, now I need to learn mixers. Yeah. And, you know, all the different stuff you use for audio podcasts that you don't necessarily use for video, you know, I wanted to get into that as well. So I always have this sort of underlying, it's my vehicle to learn this other thing. But, yeah, it really was that podcasting was my passion and it's what I had knowledge about. So I create a whole show around that. What's interesting, what's interesting is that once you have that vehicle, like you can use it as your education process and you know, you're uh, 87 episodes in and I, I, I produce electronic music and I did the same. So, um, you know, I, I went to school to learn how to master because I was like, oh, I, I got to figure out how to make all these instruments and everything sound good together. And so you start learning things that help you hone your craft, I guess, is, is what I'm trying to say. Um, have you seen that evolution in, in your education as, as you, over the years with the show? Yeah, I mean, have I? Yeah, well, I'm completely self-taught, right? I call it YouTube University, all right? I mean, like, it, when I got into, everything has always been a hobby for me as far as production goes. I used to shoot video, and then I'd edit video. And so all of any kind of video and audio production all born out of a hobby, all born out of spending countless, literally countless hours in front of YouTube, in front of uh, every webinar, every blog, you name it, right? I mean, I just consume constantly. It's all I look at is how to, you know, anything that has to do with production techniques. I'm usually looking at that kind of stuff. Now these days, it's always like, you know, how do you market and all this stuff, yeah. you know, whatever it takes to put together a podcast. But um, so, 
So I grow, you know, I always tell people grow as you go, right? Start, you know, learn some basic things and get out there and start producing and then grow as you go. You'll learn through experience and through knowledge how to make your audio better, your video look, you know, nicer with better lighting. You'll learn these things, right? So yeah, so I'm constantly still learning. I'll never stop learning. And, you know, every time you record, I think you, you're, you know, you're banking some new experience, which is certainly going to help you in the next one. So what are you planning for uh, episode 100? <laughs> you know, it's funny because it's if you look at how long I've been doing it, it's sad that I'm not at episode 100 on that one. I'm a very irregular podcaster. I'm a do as I say, not as I do type thing because I know the answer. The answer is consistency, but for various reasons, I, I'm not. I don't do it every week, so I don't know. You know, every every I have sort of every. I think I was doing every 50 episodes, so zero and 50 were both sort of designed for the podcaster who's just starting out. Like, Mm -hmm. here's the basics. Here's what you have to know to launch your show. And so 100 should just be a refresh of that. And I need it too, because there's stuff in the 50 and 51 episodes that I did, which is the, you know, podcasting basics or whatever it's called. Uh, There's some stuff there that I wouldn't recommend anymore. So, you know, it feels like we always have this like, ooh, it's 100. I should do something more, right? I don't know. I don't know that it'll be any special. I have no, I no plans for it specifically other than it's supposed to be a refresh of, of that content, which I need because people, you know, I love having specific episodes I can refer to that says, hey, go listen to this first, yeah. get this, and then come back and ask your questions or come back and check out the rest of the catalog. So which episodes would you recommend if, if someone was getting started and they're listening um, and they said, well, this is pretty exciting. I, I want to at least get the ABCs down. Yeah, and that would be 50 and 51 most recently. However, I caution people all the time, especially with, you know, most of the content is evergreen, but things change, especially yeah. in technology. So yeah. listen to 50 and 51, ignore the parts about FeedBurner. I don't recommend that anymore. And ask me questions, right? Always, that's what the beauty of having Twitter or Google+, Plus, being able to reach out, email, whatever it is. Ask questions before you buy gear, before you pay for a hosting service. You know, hey, Ray, heard you recommend this, still the best choice. You know, even if that episode was two weeks ago, yeah. things change, right? So 50 and 51 are great to start with, but there is some old information in there. But you'll get the gist. You'll, you'll understand I need X, Y, and Z to start a podcast. I need a microphone, you know. And, you know, in fact, even the microphones have changed. The one I'm holding right now, and in fact, the one you're using, it's the ATR yeah. 2100, is a killer starter mic. It's a I, say, I, say, I say starter mic, but it could literally be the only mic you ever have. I'm using it. Here I am using it, and you're using it too. So things like that have changed. You know, there are podcasting kits, quote-unquote kits that you can buy, or some podcasters will recommend get this gear. But you know, it, it just drives me crazy because ask me because it really depends on what you're trying to do. Gear needs to be customized to what you're trying to do, right? You might be able to spend $25 on a headset mic. It's not something I recommend, but, you know, oftentimes everyone's got different needs where they need to do it for free or where they want to really put some, a little bit of money into it, invest in their show and make it, you know, sound as good as possible. So everyone's got different needs. So you just definitely want to, ask those big questions before you commit something like a year or money. Yeah, I think the people are A, afraid to ask and B, tend to go down these paths of, uh, you know, the popular podcasters recommending these, what yeah. ends up being $2,000 of equipment. And right. then six months later, it's still sitting in the corner of their room. Yeah, right. They haven't launched. <laughs> they don't know how to use the equipment and they're just 
probably ready to give up on podcasting. Yeah, yeah, sure. You can easily be overwhelmed and it doesn't need to be overwhelming at all. Not at all. I mean, if you have a smart, have, have smartphone, will podcast almost. I mean, that's getting there and you can do it with quality. There are, if you know how to use the tech, you know, it might be more difficult, but you can still get a quality episode. I, I actually just recorded something on my phone that I'm planning on releasing. So yeah, you've been doing, some, uh, I've seen in the past, you've done some stuff with uh, iPad um, and Boss uh, Chuck and some yeah. stuff on your iPhone. So you do those more as tidbits on YouTube, though, right? Yeah, I have a YouTube channel. So my YouTube channel is for me as much fun as the podcast. I I've managed to get a really you know nice following right now. It's like you know sixteen thousand people, and I actually make money there. Right? We always talk about podcasting. I make a few hundred dollars a month on YouTube, and obviously there's different ways to do that from ads to affiliates and stuff like that. But yeah, I teach people how to shoot really high quality video, really most of what's over there. But so that's over there and that does really well. But I also have Podcasters Roundtable, which lives over there because when you do a hangout on Eric, it's recorded yep. to YouTube by default. So that lives on that channel and that does really well. It's amazing how many people will find the podcast through YouTube DSLR videos and the DSLR videos through podcasts. So it's a, it's a nice mix. And I also do like podcasting tutorials, maybe a screencast about how to submit a podcast to iTunes, right? Or, or maybe, uh, like you said, how to use this microphone with an iPad and an app to produce a really high quality video. So yeah, the YouTubes are sort of one-off type things, but it is a channel. I do produce there, try to be a regular basis, but there's, again, no schedule. I just, I focus on producing really high quality content and I put that out when I have it, you know, I don't force it. It's like, oh, I don't have something this week. Uh, well, don't put out garbage, right? Save yeah. it until you got something good. Yeah, interesting. Uh, uh, Eighty-three. You had the, the mix minus. I, I, I have to go back in there and, and deep dive on that. But it was what was interesting is a, a lot of what I hear sometimes for folks who are just getting started is they have their speaker on uh, the laptop and, and that speaker feedback is going in, and then right. you're interviewing them and you're hearing them. But through a mix minus, you can kind of route everything so that. People only hear what they're supposed to be hearing, which I thought was cool. Yeah, one of my best videos or one of my – the ones that gets passed around or shared most is a mix – is a how to set up a mix minus video. And it's really highly produced. It's just really nicely shot with good audio and tries to break it down to you know exactly what it is because it can be a complex subject, right? And so it's not once you get it, but it is hard to wrap your head around. And uh, I was finding just – Every tutorial I find on YouTube was some dude, he had his webcam and he'd like sort of twist it around the back of his computer and then he'd move it and his audio was terrible. And I was just like, this needs a nice video. And when I was done, I thought, oh, maybe it's actually too, too slick, right? And people won't learn. But people say, I finally got it. You know, I understood Mix Minus and because of video. And that, that was the number one goal. So yeah, so when I see a need like that, and you know, this is good for other podcasters too. When you see a need... Or something that people are asking for or isn't done well in your own, whatever your niche is, you know, there's an opportunity there to create content around it that'll do really well. Yeah, that's really cool. Um, that routing, I think, resonated with me because I, I do DJ like electronic music and I, I use Tractor and there was always the issue of like getting it, it route, the audio routed through the laptop to your mixer. And I think some of the tools that they were suggesting in the past were Soundflower. Mm-hmm. on some other software-based routing tools. So it's probably, um, you know, I'm sure a lot of that keeps maturing, like you said. I mean, stuff that's that you're using now is going to be obsolete in probably two months. Yeah, probably. So what's your, one of your favorite episodes from the 80-plus the that you've done so far? Man, that's a tough one. Mm-hmm. You know, I you hinted at the beginning where I, 
it's I think you talked about the two hours that I did with the Rob Williams on literally just EQ, yeah. right? <laughs> Equalization, how to use EQ for your podcast. Um, that one I'm pretty proud of just because so much research went into it and it and I I got so many questions that I wanted answered, right? So and a need that I found. So you do music. So a lot of the stuff out there, if you're looking for post-processing techniques, it's for music, right? And this is podcasting dialogue only, and it's got its own special needs. And so I really wanted to distill the information from an audio engineer about vocal only, not singing. I'm talking spoken word dialogue. And so I remember at the end of that, that interview, I was kind of like, yeah, I got it. Like I got, I got everything I wanted. It's extremely long. Yeah. Right. And that's the beauty of a podcast. It can be a long, if you want it to be, it can be short, if you can be whatever you want it to be. So, uh, without digging through my own catalog, that one sticks out in my mind for, for those couple reasons. I think it's fascinating because you can always tell when a podcaster either through a solo show or through a guest that they have on is extremely passionate about a subject. And you could hear the excitement in your voice as you were going through the checklist and you were like, oh, I want to ask you this, I want to ask you this. And it's true, like having studied a bit of mastering, you know, we touch on vocals a little bit, you know, how to make the vocals fit in your music. Yep. But just to just have the whole show about EQ just for vocals was, was fast, at least fascinating for me. I was yeah. ge- geeking out a bit. Um, I do admit I was like staring at the two hours on my uh, on Overcast <laughs> and I was like, how am I going to consume this? I was like, I'm going to try one shot, 2x. You know, obviously I did a lot of it 2x, but there was stuff that I just had to stop. I was like, okay, no, I got to I got to listen to that. I got to listen to this at regular speed because yeah, there's a lot of a lot of information there. And that's it. Like, again, back to do as I say, not as I do. Like, I can give you the the formulas right here is the typically what works best in a podcast right you know whatever it is 32 minutes is your typical commute and have your intro outro and make sure you're there every week but it just depends on what you're in it for and i'm in it just to make good content i want to make a nice library of stuff that people can refer to and yeah doing a two-hour episode is is not always the best route to getting the most people listening but i know like people like yourself who are interested in it the way I'm interested in it, and that's who it's for, they'll consume it. Whether you got to consume yeah. it in pieces, come back to it later. But the most important thing is that's the information that's in there is exactly what I wanted it, what's wanted to get into that episode. And it's there. So, you know, I think that podcasting, it can be a little selfish. I mean, a lot of us get into it for ourselves. I hope I hope you are because it's such hard work. And you're probably not going to make money from it, not much money. So you got to have something more to be motivated by. And eventually that becomes you get motivated by your audience. But you don't have an audience when you start unless you're, you know, some Adam Carolla or someone who comes to this with an audience. So you have to produce for yourself first. And then you can the best part is you can do whatever you want. That's exactly what I tell people. I say, you know, should I do this? Should I do this? My show's too long. I cut it off at an hour. Like, who says you have to do that? Like, literally, I tell people, it's your show. You can do whatever the hell you want. The single worst <laughs> thing I ever hear, and it makes me upset every time. Uh, well, it's about we're about out of time, and we got to go. Really? Why? Because the producer's going to walk through the door and shut off your microphone? Yeah. Because a commercial and the next episode's coming? I don't get it. Why Why do we have to stop? Like, I love that. And it kills. It'll kill a good interview. I was like, no. this is. Tell me more. Like, man, yeah. It, it just it makes me laugh in podcasting because there is nobody in some cases someone might be under some constraints, but for the most part, 
no, no one's stopping. Yeah, you. I mean, it's, I mean, obviously, if people have got a hard stop or they got something to do, or you know, they've given you an hour, they've told you that they have an hour at the time, you know, I'm yeah. sure. But a lot of times, and the, and the reason why I very quickly transitioned over from a Q and A format in the beginning to just like I tossed it out, I tossed the, sh- the questions out out the window, and I was like, I just want to talk to people because if you're listening like very closely to the person you're speaking to, the next question is just going to arise. Yeah, it does happen. I, I find it helpful to have you know an outline in case yeah. mm, I don't know I don't, I don't have something to go to or maybe I'm I got lost in thought or something. Yeah. But after that, yeah, have an outline and then you, you hopefully you're listening and you go with the conversation, right? So with so much of your life built around podcasting, have you ever given thought to what you would be doing if you weren't podcasting? Uh, I, it's, it's a scary thought because well th- now it's my career, right? I've been able to yeah. spin it for the last five years. I, I have a podcast producer for a, a DC based nonprofit and it's really been a dream job for me because I turned my hobby into a, into a paying career. And, um, you know, when I got that job, I used to always say, if I just hang on to this for two years, I can say this is what I do. And fortunately, you know, for me, I've been going on, you know, I'm going on six years and I still love the job. Again, it's still a dream job. And at this point, if I wasn't doing it, like this is what I do. It's who I am. So I'd have to find a way to keep doing it, right? Whether that's go out to another organization or do something for myself. Uh, When I left college the first time with my uh, with my bachelor's, I was a police officer. A lot of people don't probably don't know that. So law enforcement was my other career. It was my first path. Uh, Well, being an artist was my first path as as a kid, but. That changed to law enforcement, and um, I got into law enforcement and and did well there, but um, wasn't making me happy. And so now, you know, in that career, every time I dealt with somebody, they certainly didn't want to be dealing with you. Yeah, yeah. Now every single person I, I deal with actually wants to talk to me, right? And so I'm a people person, so that's what I like. So yeah, if I wasn't doing this, I'd I'd had I'd hate to think what I'd have to be doing uh, to make the money, but. That's interesting. So how long were you in law enforcement? Uh, just actually less than a year. Was it in, in California? In California, yep, in the East Bay. So I've got to ask, were you chips? It, no, <laughs> it was not the Highway Patrol, although, man, how much fun. I even shot a little video intro when I took a road trip once, just like, and I set it to the chips music. Oh, nice. In my car, you know, show the show the stick, show the wheels. Anyways, yeah, <laughs> I love sure, chips growing up. But, we're, yeah, we're showing our age with that one. But no, I was a city cop, right? Just okay. uh, your average mid-sized city, 120,000 120, people, and uh, in a patrol car, and everything that that involves. Not as, <laughs> not as glamorous as Ponch and Chong. Not as not as glamorous. No, 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 no cameras. Although everyone's got a camera on the cops these days. <laughs> yeah, yeah, those are all over YouTube. Then some of them are really strange. It's it's a it's a different world. Yeah, it's yeah, a bit scarier world too. Yeah. So what's your thoughts on um, where everything is headed? Because obviously you're one of the folks who've been around for a while. You know, um, I love that's why I love talking to folks like you and Dave and Daniel and Elsie just to get that perspective. Because, you know, like you said, everyone there was starting as a hobby, right? And now you go to these conferences and I've heard it discussed as a topic on Podcasters Roundtable. Like what's, the, you know, the... Uh, the focus of podcast movement was more around entrepreneurial podcasts. And mm-hmm. and then you got the people in LA doing just comedy specific, you know, the majority of those folks that were, were around comedy podcasts. So do you see like a splintering happening or just want to get your thoughts on what you've seen, you know, cause you've, you've been doing it now for seven years. Yeah. I mean, I think we've seen these different 
waves, like different um, groups coming into podcasting, right? It was in the beginning, it was all tech. Uh, we saw some comedians come in and dominate. We see the entrepreneur business stuff come in and it's doing really well. Um, I think just more niches will dive into the space and and grow the space. I mean, we're still young. We like to tease, you know, I, podcasting is what, almost 11 years old. I mean, we can't even drive yet, right? Podcasting can't drive. Yet. <laughs> so, so like I always tell new podcasters, it's still, you're still getting in early to the game. If you, if you start now, people think, oh, well that ship has sailed, right? Yeah. I can't catch up. That's not true at all, right? You'd be amazed. Start a podcast, do it well. And sudden, and really soon you'll be, you know, that go-to person in that space. So, um, you know, podcasting is going to pull up alongside all the other traditional media, right? It's not going to kill radio. Uh, radio could kill itself, but it's not going to kill radio. It's going to pull up alongside. And I think it's just going to, it's gaining more respect, right? In the beginning, yeah. it was geeks in their basement, right? And, and Steve Job fame, Steve, Steve Job famously called it like amateur hour at one point. And I got his point and I actually embraced that point. A lot of us are amateurs. We don't come to this with training and, creates a different product and sometimes it's ugly and sometimes it spawns brilliant. So I welcome, you know, amateur hour to a level as long as you're learning how to do stuff as you go. And so, yeah, so podcasting is just, you know, the rage right now as we sit here in October 21st, 2014 is that podcasts are back. They never really went away, but they're back and they're making money, right? So, We've heard that before, but there is some real money starting to come into podcasting. And I don't think that you can start a podcast and get money. It's very difficult. Some of the best are still struggling to yeah. make a, a, a viable network, but it's happening. So I think that, you know, every few years we sort of make these steps. And eventually, you know, I often often return I use the the terms podcast and show interchangeably, right? Because podcast is sort of the tech of how we deliver our content in yeah. one way, but at this point, you know, you're really just making content and, and getting it to wherever people are living, right? Where they are finding it, where they want to find it. So um, I think it'll become less about the tech and people will just be producing shows, right? I think that the the mobile screen, you know, we're, we're seeing these screens take over, you know, the screener living room. And so people online producing content, podcasters, YouTubers, whatever, um, when you're producing good stuff, it's just going to become, it's just becoming a show and, and podcast is just another way to reach people. Yeah. When you think about how hard it was to actually publish a podcast back when you started, you know, you have to, like you, like you said, feed burner and feeds and all the different pieces you have to work together and how to get it on a blog and how to get it into iTunes. It was just, it was science back in the days, I'm sure. Yeah. And it's still, you know, to consume a podcast and produce a podcast yeah. is still not the two easiest things you can do. And those are, those are barriers we've been breaking down since we started. What's the latest uh, example of when you've had to explain to someone what a podcast actually is? Oh man. I see. I run in a circle of, of podcasters. So I, I often, I don't come up against those people too often. Probably someone in my family, right? Yeah. <laughs> Probably someone that, uh, that, that doesn't live in my, in my sort of bubble. Um, but I, I can't remember a specific example, but I did repost a video that Ira Glass made with his neighbor who she's like 86 years old and they explain how to consume a podcast. And like, the point is like, it's not that difficult. Yeah. And, um, and it, it's a great video to teach anyone how to, to consume a podcast. But you know, there's a point there. I mean, Ira Glass, he's as big as it gets when it comes to public radio and just radio in general. And, and he has to produce something that teaches people how to 
how to consume a podcast, yeah. right? So, speaking of famous podcasters, you had your uh, your fanboy moment when you got to sit in the, the this week in tech podcast studio, right? I did, and anyone else can have that moment. To you out there in Petaluma, California, Leo Laporte, this week in tech, and that you know probably the biggest podcast studio that had been built to the, to this point. Uh, it's a million dollar studio sitting out there and you can walk right in and, and, and watch him do the live stuff. And if you go on Sunday, Leo's usually there. And afterwards, if you wait around, cause they are long podcasts, you can sit in the chair and, and the live stream is going all the time. So, um, I was able to run back home and capture that, right. I recorded it off my screen and, and got some good pictures, right. Bring a nice camera with you, have a friend, click some stuff. Yeah. And, uh, so it was a great moment. Uh, I called it the, uh, you know, sort of made my, my podcast uh, pilgrimage. Yeah, so that's that's, yeah, it. that'd be the podcast mecca for us, right? Yeah, exactly. So, uh, with just a couple last questions, what what, what are your thoughts on um, our friend Dave Jackson you know, being the um, the director of podcasting for New Media Expo? Yeah, well, huge applause for me. Dave is both a friend and a mentor. I, I always sort of called him my digital mentor, some digital audio podcast mentor. So, Dave, like I mentioned co-host podcasters roundtable yeah. with me all the time and we've become friends over the years because we're in the same space which is podcasts about podcasting and i used to live back when i was working in produce departments i used to have an earbud like i'm wearing right now in my ear one of them snuck it through my clothes and put it up here and i'd get in trouble for having it and it was dave because i was catching up to his hundreds of episodes yeah. right and so i would get in trouble for dave right i had to hear it because at that time that's all I wanted to consume. Was well, inevitably, if it was Dave, you're probably laughing at some point. Too. Yeah, probably, probably. And so, you know, for me, I think Dave is the best person to be put into that because no one spends more time. Um, sort of, you know, he he just has his head down in the space of podcasters. He's really down there talking to to podcasters, kind of like I am. But you know, Dave is there every week. And uh, he's always testing out all the little tech, all these little new services I just want no part of. I just don't want to deal with it. So Dave knows the space really well. He knows it wide. Uh, he does podcast review shows and stuff like that. Yeah. So he's, he's in my biased opinion, I think he's the best person that can be in charge of that right now. So I'm excited to see uh, what happens at NNMX with him in charge. Yeah, when I first heard about it, I, I just, like you, figured that they, they got the right person for the job. Uh, for yeah. however many years it's going to run. And, um, you know, Cliff did a, a great job as well, but it, yeah. it's a great handing off of the Yeah, it's, it's perfect. I think, I think it's it's evolving exactly like it should, and I'm excited to see what happens. So what's, what's, what's got you excited? What you're working on in the, in the upcoming months? Can I, can I interrupt? Of course. Do you edit this show? <laughs> uh, sometimes. Oh, okay. Well, people listening might. I actually have – I think I'm going to have to sign for this. I have a, a whole – so I have a whole camera kit. Uh, that's coming to me. I'm, is it, pod, to, is it pod, podcasting related? Yes, I, it's a whole kit from Washington D.C. that they sent me. I have to go and film. Uh, we're doing a live. Uh, one of our shows is live uh, out at a remote location, and nice. I'm going to be filming that all with you know a couple different cameras set up and full blown audio. It's an audio and video. Well, we turn it into a video podcast when necessary when we get to do these on location things. So again, like a dream job. I mean, I literally get to like fly somewhere awesome. beautiful they're paying me to eat dinner and like stay at a nice hotel and film a podcast of all things right yeah but i because yeah, it is a bunch of expensive gear i'm gonna have to sign for it <laughs> sure, I'll go ahead. right back oh and the giants are up three zero oh my god <laughs> all right oh, there's, there's that bill 
There it is. Nice. I got to change that. <laughs> so insanely, he he. I didn't have to sign for it. Oh I, wow! He dropped it off. I mean, there's like you know, <laughs> it's a couple thousand dollars a gear, and you can see this, but yeah. I mean, that's it. The whole box fits under one arm. I mean, wow. it's really come down to this. So what's I mean, in there? This is uh, it's it's a kit I created for our international department. So it's meant to travel internationally. So this is a backpack. And inside, it's a light, it's a nice small backpack that you can sling around your shoulder and unzip and get access to. There's a Canon XA25. So it's a really nice camera, uh, professional outputs, SDI. So this is geeky stuff, but yeah, it's got yeah. SDI out. And we do a lot of live streaming into a live streaming switcher that has SDI inputs. So it's got everything you need. It's got a nice high quality shotgun mic. Um, it's, got, it's got an LED light. Uh, it's got. Um. Oh gosh, what else did you shoot with? Anything you need basically to be a solo person out in the field to wow. capture high quality audio and video, I packed it into that kit and I haven't even seen it. I've seen it once since I created, I ordered online and sent it out to DC and, and it's made it out to here in California. So yeah, I mean, that's it. And it's all meant to literally be able to carry on a plane. So is any of that uh, technology or, or your use of it going to make it into your show? Uh, you mean, am I going to talk about it? Yeah. Um, maybe. I, I hadn't thought about it, but it's a good idea. I should talk about sort of this sort of travel kit I created. Yeah, I think it's fascinating. I'm, I'm sure it'd have to be a discreet uh, black bag as well with all that expensive equipment in it. <laughs> yeah, especially so it's meant to travel internationally, right? So I kind of tried to make it look like you were a tourist, right? So it is a small... Hand. I mean, the cameras have gotten so small these yeah. days. I mean, and this is the smallest camera you can buy with an SDI output, as it has to serve sort of dual purposes, which is live streaming camera and uh, sort of B-roll and interview. It's got to do so many things. Oh, there's a there's a tripod attached to the side, like <laughs> ultra light tripod. Yeah. So I mean, it, it would look like you were like a serious tourist. Yeah. But you wouldn't think like it's news or something like that, right? Yeah. Maybe you could send me all the, the specifics on it because I'm always looking for stuff to travel with. That's a, I'll have to take pictures. Yeah, 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 and explain why each piece. I because I I literally picked out all all the pieces. So it wouldn't be an interview with Ray Ortega if we didn't geek out a little bit. <laughs> that's right. That's right. That's right. <laughs> so uh, well, anyway, I want to thank you for your time, and I had a really a blast talking to you, and I'm, I'm looking forward to to being on uh, Podcasters Roundtable. Yeah, awesome. I mean, yeah, I can't wait. If you're a podcaster, if you've done one episode. Uh, you qualify, right? Yeah. You got to get on the round table and, uh, and it's just a blast. It's just a geek out. It's kind of like this only, uh, with more people and, and whatever it goes anywhere you want. Right. So, uh, I certainly appreciate you having me on the show. It's always flattering to have someone say, Hey, you want to come to my show? It's like, heck yeah, I want to come to your show. So, and, uh, the video worked out. We're on yeah. Skype here. I always talk about the tech details. I can't avoid it, but we did video. It, it sounds, it held. I'm happy. I'm on wireless. All the things I would not recommend, we are kind of doing. Yeah, it's more of the do as I say, not as I do. Yep, more of that. And uh, but it worked out. And again, Harry, I met you at Podcast Movement, so yep. it's awesome to have met in person. And, and we met that like, through Dave Jackson. That's right. And it sounds like we're going to see each other again at, at yeah. more of these uh, events. So that's also exciting. And yeah, thanks again for having me on. It was a blast. You know, I have to. You know, I, I don't do a ton of interviews, but I've done a few, and you, you typically talk about the same stuff. But yeah, you've done a good job. I don't think we've, you know, it's it's different each time, and you've, you've done a good job of that. So. Yeah, I appreciate that. Thanks, Ray. Um, any uh, stuff coming up in terms of the episodes that we should be looking forward to? Uh, you know, I was just planning in my head 
my next like sort of mega episode. So I do have an episode coming out uh, akin to the EQ stuff. Yeah, there's an episode coming out uh, on compression. Oh uh, wow! With a, with a former like 16 year guy who did all the Disney animation stuff, and uh, like you know all the Pixar, I think, and or is that Disney? Whatever he, yeah. he worked for Disney, and uh, yeah. So there's I think another two hours of compression. And, uh, and I did two, uh, two hours on like the loudness standard. So right yeah, now you, you had the guy from Alphonic on Alphonic, that yep. was, a, that was another fantastic one. It's like, you're getting the best of the best, uh, in the, in the subject matter area and just deep diving. Yeah. And the whole, the whole purpose of that, these, it's like, why am I suddenly having these massive interviews about these one specific topic? Although I like to deep dive, but I did a, my talk out at podcast movement was post-production for podcasts. Right. And I could not deliver that in 45 minutes. So I had to hit on the things. But then my whole goal was to go out. I did these all before that talk. And the point was, hey, here's the talk. Here's where we start. Go out here and listen to this audio because I talk for two hours about EQ. I talk mm-hmm. for two hours about compression, about loudness standards. So it really was to augment that talk. And then obviously you, you know, you get dual things out of that. You get content for your for your site. And, you know, I think I found that I kind of really enjoy the deep dive thing. So I'm thinking about a deep dive on some podcast hosting stuff for free. And uh so look forward to that. Something that someone's always at people are always asking me. So yeah, so that's what's coming up. What's fascinating about when you cover technology is like there's never a shortage of topics because yeah. the stuff just keeps changing. So yeah, and I cover podcasting, and there's still not there's no sort shortage of topics, right? So. Uh, a couple of things, you know, on Podcasters Roundtable, the big one that I still haven't tackled yet is monetization. I'm saving that one because I want it to be really good with some of the best people in the space who are making money. Yeah. So that's coming up, and we talked about iTunes is jumping off. The next jump off one is going to be just beyond iTunes, right? So. <laughs> Everything that's not iTunes, that's what we're going to talk about on the roundtable. And then I'll be on for the wild card one. And then we're going to be on for, ooh, there you go. That's what we call it, wild card. You know what's fun about those? Because I've done podcasting pet peeves. Those are repeatable, right? So like every 20 episodes, you do wild card. I like it. So we've we've got a subject and a name. Like I have, if you go over to Podcasters Roundtable and you sign up to the list, you get put into this sort of form that says, hey, tell me what you want to talk about, right? And that's where I get sometimes where I get my ideas from for a topic and that's who I decide who comes on. So it's not in an order. It's literally based on what you've told me you'd like to talk about. And I pick a topic and I go and pull from that, those people who said, Hey, I want to talk about that. And, uh, so you've kind of done it. A good way, good way to do it is live in an interview. Get you, you're able to get your answers and your ideas in there right away. So I, I like that. I like the wild card one word. So yeah, we're going to, we're going to have to try that. That'll be cool. We're just making episodes up live yeah, and in person. So right. um, where, where's the best place for people to, to follow up on, on what you get going on? Yeah, probably the Podcaster Studio is the best website. There's the most resources there. But uh, you can also go to rayortega.com, and that sort of is a, a jumping-off point for pretty much everything I do online, right? YouTube channel and uh, even even some hobby photography and uh, all my video stuff and all my shows. So rayortega.com is a great jumping off point, but uh, the podcaster studio is is also uh, a good place to consume uh, that that show and, and find all the other stuff that I do. And just want to mention Twitter because I, I just want to remind people that you are active on Twitter. You do engage with people. And, and I think it's always interesting when you have someone that you follow replies back and, and just is, is really keeping active in their stream. 
Yeah, as I said, it's my favorite place. I find it to be highly effective. I mean, I do, I'm at Podcast Helper on Twitter. So people have, you said that some people are scared to ask. That name should invite you to ask anything, right? And yeah. so um, that's where I spend a lot of my time. It's just really easy to do when you're sitting on the couch or, you know, I can, I, I like to respond quick, right? Even, even as a, a checker in a grocery store, people came to my line because, I didn't do a bunch of chit chat. I just got you in and out and people appreciated that. And so when someone takes the time to reach out to you, I like to give as fast a response as possible. And Twitter allows me to do that too, is oftentimes I can get to you, respond to a tweet um, within, you know, with it, certainly within 24 hours, it's usually within an hour or something. Yeah. And, um, you know, if you can't say what you need to say in less than 140 characters, you probably should need to work on what you're saying a little bit. So I yeah, like, it's a, I like all the parameters. It's a great, great yeah. filtering system. Yeah, exactly. All right. Thanks. I've uh, definitely kept you long enough and uh, we'll have a follow up. And if you're ever in town in LA, just, you know, hit me up and uh, let's uh, grab a beer or coffee or I like works. Yeah. <laughs> thanks. Harry. Okay. So thanks again for listening. Hope you enjoyed that. Uh, hope you're having as much fun listening, listening to that as I am recording it. I'm really having a fun time with these conversations. As always, all the show notes, podcastjunkies.com. And again, uh, it bears repeating, we live and die by reviews. So you can find them on the site or just go to podcastjunkies.com slash iTunes. That's probably the main one uh, where we get a lot of... Um, juice from uh, apple if folks leave positive reviews so either way um, i'm loving uh, the feedback i'm getting and i definitely appreciate you taking a few seconds to go now <laughs> pause here and go leave a review and just tell me what you thought of the show um i, I read them all and I, and i really uh, enjoy like i said the feedback um, the other thing is we fixed the SpeakPipe. Finally, SpeakPipe is on the site. So if you go to the site and you see a little tab on the right, it says contact us. You can leave a recording and I'll get that message and I'll read it back on the show. So any comments or questions you have for me, uh, go ahead and leave that there. Um, it should be right on podcastjunkies.com, right-hand side, a little tab. Pops out, speak pipe, record it. Your message gets magically transported across the internets over to me. So I think that's it. I hope you guys have a fantastic week and uh, stay tuned for exciting conversations with some of the most interesting podcasters um, I can find. And if you have suggestions, don't forget to send those along. I'm not sure if I said that already, but just in case, why not repeat it? See you guys. Bye.